Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. We cherish this opportunity to uh, come across your radios. We're talking about the Book of Psalms. Uh, we've called it Songs in the Night. And uh, as we've went along, what a great, I think, thread that's been in these last few podcasts about commitment and humility and serving God and things he does for us and how he clothes us and how he provides things for us. But they come with a cost. You know, we have to serve him to get them. We have to be in his army. We have to be serving his army with uh, uh, with all our might, making a difference. And uh, I, I think that's all great. And, uh, and I, I just really feel honored about that. And with us, as always, is my friend, my co-host, Stephanie. Good morning. Good morning, Doug. So, Stephanie, uh, catch us up. We haven't heard about Thor in a while. So, uh, what's going on with Thor? Oh, he's as cute as ever. He's as loving as ever. Um, he has no concept of personal space. What's Folks, we want you to know we're not talking about a boyfriend or the guy next door or anything. We're talking about Stephanie's dog, Thor. I that was what I was <laughs> a golden retriever. And, uh, if I have a boyfriend named Thor, I've gone... I don't know. I've gone back to the days of the Vikings. <laughs> You'd get a dog instead of a boyfriend. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, she would rather have the boyfriend than the dog, but. Uh, That's true. But, That's you know, true. things are things are coming together. <laughs> Stephanie's serving a wonderful God. and So, Stephanie, I need to ask this about Thor. So, is Emmy still afraid of Thor? She is, um, as long as there's a fence between or a window, then she loves him to pieces and talks about how <laughs> her cute little puppy but comes face to face. There's a scream heard around the neighborhood. <laughs> so we, we know Emmy and Emmy's a big girl for a five-year-old, but Thor knocks her down all the time, just wanting to love on her. And yep. so, yeah. So with us too is Pastor Miller. So we, we call him King Thor and how's things going for you, Pastor? Well, now I want to clarify, you don't call me King Thor, right? No, no. <laughs> uh, things are doing well. Uh, uh, we have mercies new every morning from the Lord. Yeah. And this is another good morning. Well, praise God for that. And uh, so we have this segment, the Norton Knuckleheaded segment, named after Lynn Norton, missionary many, many years down in South America. Her and her husband came up. They took a church in Arkansas. Uh, but Lynn uh, really loves this segment about you might be a knucklehead. And today is Stephanie's turn. She's going to share with us. So, Stephanie, let me set you up. You might be a knucklehead if. Doug, you might be a knucklehead. And my mind just went blank. <laughs> you might be a knucklehead if your, your mind, mind goes, goes your blank. Mind, your brain faces on you. Oh, no. I used to say you might be a knucklehead if you betray the trust of those who look to you for leadership. Yeah, you know what? Trust is something you only have one shot at. I learned that in the army many years ago and 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 don't, you know, don't blast away that shot. Somebody trusts you, earn that trust, live the trust. Um mm -hmm. you know, be the be the person they can trust. There's a world filled with people out there that can't be trusted. There's a whole world of them out there. Right. 
be that person that can be trusted, be that person that does make a difference. And, and then books. So we, we switched from food that's right with God to books that's right with God. And Pastor Miller is a, a big bookworm. And, and uh, so he has a couple for us. He's going to do the next couple days. So Pastor Miller, how about a book that's right with God? Yes, uh, the book Panosian. Panosian. And that's an Armenian name of a man that I sat under in a difficult class. I didn't study in high school, and so I had a deficit in history and a lot of deficits when I started college. But he taught history at Civ, and then later on had him for church history. But it's his biography. Oh, yeah. And Chris Anderson did a great job on Panosian. And the thing that I... think about as I were on this program of those that have gone through a lot of stress and you deal with a lot of hurt, his relatives, his ancestors had gone through it. They were Armenian. A lot of people don't realize that that nation was literally destroyed by the Turks. Yeah. And the first half of that book goes through the dynamics of his predecessors and all that they experienced but how God brought them out, preserved his parents. Wow. And a lot of people don't realize, but the whole nation was destroyed in 1915, right before what was called the Great World or World War One. Right. Yeah. And he, he, his mom uh, was a part of that, and his dad were a part of that country, and how God got them to the United States to a blessed country with freedom like we have today. Amen. Yeah, but she, his mom grew up in what we know as Antioch of Syria, which was a part of Turkey back then. Wow. And what what was happened to that place, which was the place that the missionary movement of Paul's day in the New Testament started out of Antioch of Syria, the church mm-hmm. of Antioch being there, and it was wiped out. The Armenians were wiped out in 1950 in that town. Oh, wow! Oh, goodness. It sounds like a great read, folks. Uh, you might want to get on Amazon, see if you can find yourself one of them. And uh, I enjoy uh, a book like that. I enjoy a book that takes you back in time. I call them period pieces that brings you yeah. back. And, and especially, uh, you know, when you can get a book, somebody coming from a deep, dark pit of a country like that and repression and killing and savage tree and everything that went on there and turn around and make a life for themselves. I mean, that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I couldn't help but think of what the people in Afghanistan are going through as I read this book and I thought, boy, and we uh, have a personal connection, both of us, to an individual that's spent several tours in Afghanistan and what I'm finding people are having right now that have served it is tearing them up emotionally they're going through stress again yeah over seeing this kind of loss yeah exactly i i'm speaking with a young man last night for a while and speaking with him again today and hopefully he'll be able to come with our camp come to our camp but this is what i'm thinking too is exactly what pastor miller said you have an identity that goes along with fighting a war. And that identity is we're going to win. We're helping people. People are getting better. You know, so you're holding on to that. You said, I went through all this junk. I left my family for a year. To protect people. That's right. And now all of a sudden, you know, we're just pulling up and saying, hey, good luck to you folks. And, And we made this deal with the Taliban. And somehow how we didn't 
get all the people who helped us, which is the biggest sticking point for most people, how we didn't get them out of there while the military there was to protect them to get out, I'll never understand. We're doing this kind of backwards in military terms. You know, you always get out the non-combatants first. I mean, it's an FM 2120, the the leadership manual for the United States Army. I mean, I think paragraph two is get out the non-combatants yeah, first. exactly. Keep them safe. And so how do you get to a place? And then then you're talking about 21100, you know, the, the officer and leader's guide. So how do you get to a place where you don't do that? I don't know. But here's the good news. The good news is God's on the throne, yep. and I pray. I pray, and, and, and one thing God has done with this Afghanistan thing for me is he's made me more of a prayer warrior. Exactly. Me and, too. Yeah, and uh, so I, I'm really praying for those folks in Afghanistan. I, I have a friend of mine. She was a, a, a military person. She did six tours of duty in Afghanistan, and on her Facebook page, she's running this little page out there that says, who is still trying to get out? The president said everybody's out who wants to get out or they're at the airport. And uh, as of yesterday, she personally had 900 people on her Facebook page saying, please help me. Oh, oh. So she's trying to call the State Department and stuff and give information. And, and God show his mercy and help those yeah, people. 900 escape. people. Yeah. So anyway, here we are. We're in Psalm 133. It says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren uh, to dwell together in unity. This psalm to me is all about unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of the garment. As the dew of the hermit and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. What a great psalm. We're talking about unity. And Pastor Miller, I believe it's your turn to Comment on this psalm first, my dear brother. Well, this psalm means a great deal to me personally because I experienced it as a young man in college. Uh, I had traveled uh, one summer with a ministry team of four men singing, mm. a pianist, and I was the preacher leader. They, let, they wouldn't let me sing because if I sing, uh, that's the dismissal of the service. People leave. And so... <laughs> so uh, but I got to preach, but in that first summer that I traveled with that musical group, uh, we got to a point we were not united in a ministry together. We got divided over functional issues that weren't moral or spiritual issues, and people wanted to have their way, nitpicky, and we didn't see the blessing of God upon that ministry. The next summer, I was supposed to go out with a group, and four of us of that previous team are together, but the two main people that had caused the division weren't traveling with us, and we had gotten replacements, and I decided this psalm was going to become our theme song. We were going to do everything it takes for believers to stay unified as brethren serving together, and we did. We made, a, we made a commitment to the Lord that we were going to be spirit-filled, united brethren, and we spent the whole summer united, and God poured out his blessing of people being saved, people coming forward to get right with God at the invitations. People would come up and say, you guys have traveled all these weeks together, and you just seem to enjoy one another. Wow. Well, so what, what's unusual about that? That's normal. That's what God wants. Behold how good 
and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So the key is brethren. Are you saved? Are you dwelling together with other people that are saved in unity? Your church, your family, your Christian family. Two things that he uses for illustrations of the blessing of it. When Aaron was anointed as high priest, this was anointing for empowerment to serve worship of God. And boy, when people dwell together in unity, God pours out his blessing of anointing to serve together. Yeah. And we experience that. And then number two, he says, as the dew of Hermon and the dew that descends upon the Mount of Zion, that's moisture in an arid place, Elevation of Mount Hermon is 9,000, snow on it year-round. But that's where the main source of the water for the Sea of Galilee and all of Israel, the Jordan River, down in the southern part, is fed by Mount Hermon. So the snowfall up in those high elevations. This speaks of God's blessing of refreshment and provision of food and sustaining us. And so... Brethren stay together in unity. They have the power to serve God together, and they have sustained strength Amen. and refreshment. And, yeah. and, and, you know, that's what it's all about. And uh, now, Stephanie, certainly you've been on both sides of unity, like Pastor was just talking about. He was with the one group that got off on just functionalities. People can get turned sideways when things aren't happening their way. Over non-issues. Really. That's right. And we're not talking about biblical problems. We're not, we're, we're, yeah, yeah. You've been on both sides of that. And what's it like uh, when you leave the not-so-good side, the side that's out of unity, and you join the unity side? What, what's that like? Well, I think it's, that's when things get done. Um, you know, when you're not unified, you cannot serve the Lord efficiently. Um, you cannot bring honor and glory to him. Mm. And um, I think the aspect of unity is that my husband used to have a triangle image that he would use where you have um, the three parts that make up unity are, are truth and love and then Christ at the top. And if truth and love and mercy are working together as people seek to become more like Christ, that's going to, you know, if you, if you have those at the bottom of a triangle, the further, you know, the closer you get to Christ, the further up that triangle you go, the more unified you're going to become, the yeah. more you're going to be Christ displayed. And, you know, Christians, like we were talking about being different from the world, the world fights, the world lives in that constant turmoil. And, we are to show them that that's not who Jesus is. And if, if our flesh is in control, if pride is in control, we will have contention. There will be unresolved um, conflicts because of pride. And so to come to that point of where our whole, if our whole focus is on Christ being glorified, we'll become unified. Um, the two will go hand in hand. And those little things that aren't, that important become not important um, because then it's not about our will or our agenda or our views being what the focus is. It's about Jesus Christ being glorified and souls mm. being unified around Christ. You know, and I've seen this uh, <laughs> brother Doug and Stephanie, that uh, the number one uh, reason I see naturally in families that children become rebels 
is because dad and mom are not in unity. Wow. One flesh. If they don't stay in one flesh, they set it up for the children to develop a rebellious habit and a rebellious spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Because kids are going to take sides too. Yeah. And, uh, and I got to tell you, you know, unity brings better things into marriages. Unity in Christ brings uh, a refreshing, you know, it's, it's almost like you're in that balance. All eight cylinders are running. Everything's going the way it should be going. And, and, and then the rest of the marriage is, is a benefit of that. You know, the, everything. Yeah. So husbands and wives, bless your children with unity in your yeah. relationship. You know, if you disagree, go back in a room and get it settled between the two of you, but don't display constant disunity to the children. And then what it says at the end of this passage, he says, the dew of Hermon, the dew of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. And I like that. God commanded the blessing. Yeah. That life that is joyful and full forevermore. And that's, mm. that's the kind of life I want to have. I want to be that joyful life. I want to be that Philippians Christian. And boy, that's all good. Number one thing, pastor, how do you handle, this is probably seems a little offbeat. Uh, how do you handle, you know, your wife gets turned sideways. She's really having a bad time. How do you approach that? Well, first of all, with prayer, I yeah. go to the Lord and I say, God, if you want to help my wife directly by your spirit to then I'm asking you to help. And she does that with me. When I started yeah. getting cro crosswise yeah. and I'm not uh, developing unity and spirit with her, my wife, when she goes quiet, yeah. I know what she's doing. She's praying that God will get me whacked upside the head if necessary. Yeah. <laughs> get me turned around and in the right heart attitude. So prayer, I think, is where it starts. And then... I try to ask God, help me understand what she's really struggling with and give me any insight to how to help her. Yeah. And, and then I might just go to her and, and not preach at her because that's the last thing that particularly a wife like my wife married to a preacher once. <laughs> yeah. She told me early on in our marriage, uh, Tony, I didn't marry you to get a preacher or a counselor. I married you as a husband, a man. <laughs> so, but I oftentimes will share, well, you know, this is how I get help when I'm in this situation. This is what's helped me in the past. This is what speaks to me. And I share rather than preach. Yeah. Okay? And there's a difference. Yeah. There's distinctly a difference. So, Stephanie, same question. So, these ladies want to know, uh, you know, back when Charles would get sideways and upside down and wasn't making sense to you. Uh, was mad at you for no reason, whatever. You know how us guys get. What do you do? Well, quite honestly, um, most of the struggles in our marriage that we dealt with came because um, there was outside sources trying to destroy our marriage. And our marriage would go from great to tension on steroids because of that. And for the first, I don't know, six, seven years of our marriage, um, I did not honestly deal with it probably the right way most of the time. I would go to him and say, don't you see this? Don't you see what's wrong? Don't you see what the root of this is? And can't you stop it? Can't you stop this influence? And 
that would make him very, 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 very upset. And there's so much history to what had led to that point of why he would get so upset over that. But I came to the point, the Lord brought me to the point of, um, in Psalm 37, it says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. And the Lord brought me to the point I would, there would be nights I'd be up reading Psalm 37, just begging God to help. And the Lord brought me to the point of, yes, if if there was something glaring, I would go to him and say, honey, this can't keep going on this way. This is, this is destroying the foundation of our marriage. But God brought me more to the point of saying, Lord, would you open his eyes? Mm. Would you, through your Holy Spirit, through Prayer. Maybe what someone will do, would you open his eyes? Would you show him this? Because I'm failing. And it was just, it was creating um, me going to him and not that I was going to him in a wrong way or anything, but me going to him was causing stress on our marriage. And so to have to give that to the Lord and, and find in a certain extent contentment in him and joy in him and saying, God, I'm looking to you to do this work. And love is a choice sometimes in a marriage. It's not a feel, not emotion. Yes, those things should be involved, but sometimes love is a choice and that commitment is a choice. And the best way you can love your spouse is to pray for them. And as you pray for them, God fills your heart with so much love for them and compassion for them. And, you know, God answered those prayers and that that became one of the greatest trials we went through in our marriage. And um, that was a very deep valley for us as I watched the Lord answer my prayer. And that honestly was the beginning of a long road of healing that was finally getting uphill when he was killed. But God took us through some deep valleys in that way of um, learning. And, and now looking in hindsight with everything I've learned um, being involved with wounded spirits and understanding all of the baggage that he was dealing with, um, understanding the way his brain and his thought processes had been warped for his entire life. I rejoice that he's in heaven. He doesn't have to worry about it now. Yeah. But I definitely advise, you know, if, if you have a spouse who's been traumatized as a kid, verbally, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, to remember that God's grace is there and to go to him for his love, his patience, because we're all humans. We all fail. And you vowed to love that spouse. And I'm not talking about if there's, if there's major abuse going on that, you know, that's physically endangering you, but look for help. Um, and know that, you know, we're, we're one flesh, you know, with our spouse until they die. And so to make that commitment that I'm going to show them the love of Christ and sometimes prayer is the best, is the best way you can love them. And yeah, as you pray yeah. for them, God will give you a heart of compassion for them. Yeah, no, that's good. And folks, I know we went a little bit long, so we're actually going to skip this song today and go for another minute and a half or so, but just following up on that, uh, Pastor Miller, I think this is so important. And, and Stephanie, that was very good. You know, there is a difference between approaching a man or approaching a woman. And follow, wrapping this up for these couples out here. And uh, if you're with somebody uh, and you're not married to them, and I'm not saying living with them, but you're, you know, you're going through a relationship and there's a lot of flags and the Spirit's not ministering to you. I mean, when do you, 
when do you wave the white flag? And say it's over? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, if you can't develop a regular harmony in your spirits between one another, and I'm not talking about your bodies responding to one another. I'm talking about heart to heart, spirit to spirit. If you're not on the same page in your beliefs and convictions and in your spirit, you need to put up a white flag and say it's over with. I know recently one of my uh, grandchildren went through this very thing and just recently put the flag up because realizing the disparity in their beliefs and what they felt would uh, work, it it wasn't a, a unified group. And it's no good for either side. No. So, so I, I love what we had here. We just had uh, Stephanie who wrapped up, uh, you know, from a lady perspective and how her and her and Charles were just uh, running on all eight cylinders and Pastor Miller, who's been married a half century almost, right? Or just Yeah, yeah 47 years. Yeah, and uh, saying, hey, you know, this is how we do it. And I think you're hearing from a couple people who've really been down that road. And uh, I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for God's unity. So remember those verses that we just went through that we're born of the Spirit, we're anointed of the Spirit, and we're refreshed by the Spirit, and we're all in this together with unity. And like Pastor Miller began by saying, as I was with this group, we didn't have unity, and it was a mess. But that next year, we had unity. And uh, as Stephanie was saying, boy, I've been on both sides of that, you know. And, man, when unity's there, everything's operating good. So you folks have that. So listen. Uh, Listen to everything Brother Eric has to say here on post-production. We look forward to being with you again tomorrow. So have a great day. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message you can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.